Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Is It Just Me, the podcast that likes to put the silly and the very trivial at the very top of your daily agenda. I'm one of your hosts, I'm James Williams, and as ever I'm joined by my lovely co-host Joe Elvin, and not, well this week, not just one very special guest, but two very special guests. Uh, first up, she is a writer and producer of incredible TV shows uh, such as Secret Diary of a Core Girl and the truly brilliant Succession, uh, that's Lucy Preble, and the other is an old friend of mine and Joe's from way back in the 90s when she was a pop star, but these days she is an uber-successful, multi-award winning actress, uh, of course, it's the lovely Billy Piper. So it was brilliant to catch up with Billy and lovely to meet Lucy. And they came to tell us all about their fantastic new TV show, uh, I Hate Susie, which starts on Sky Atlantic and Now TV this week. So yes, they told us all about that. And of course, we debated the usual hot topics, such as uh, is it ever sensible or wise to take a sexy selfie and send it on? And is it me who under lockdown has developed, well, I like to refer to it as obsessive compulsive decorating disorder? Is it just me that's developed that? Uh, let us know. Yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm intrigued to know. Anyway, uh, we had a lot of fun uh, recording this show and we hope you enjoy it just as much. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, obviously, let's get straight into it. We have had, well, the luxury of watching your brilliant new TV show, uh, I Hate Susie. But for those of our audience that haven't obviously seen it yet, how did the show come about? What can they expect from it? Well, it's, um, it's a show that Billy and I created together. Um, it's about a woman called Susie Pickles, who is an actress and former child star who has a terrible thing happen to her when she realizes one day that private photographs of herself on her phone have somehow been accessed and stolen and are online. And the show basically follows her journey for eight episodes through coming to terms with this thing that happens to her, whilst also her basically having to face the truth about herself. And basically it's, it's funny, dark, and probably just a little bit horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I loved about it is it, 
the, the subject matter, it shouldn't be funny, but I honestly was like, it, it just the way it's played, that sort of, she's always teetering on this edge of like trying to stay in control in all of this chaos that's happening around her and just everything about everything about the way, like the, there's a, a toilet scene that is just, I've never seen anything like it on television before. I mean, did you just kind of make a pact to just go where no one had, has gone before? That's exactly what we did. <laughs> we, 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 that's exactly what we did. We, we made a pact, we, we sat together and, and discussed, well, among many things, um, things that we haven't seen on, on shows before, th things that we felt we possibly could never say or never dramatize. And those were the th often the things we went with. Um, you know, they had to obviously fit in with the narrative and, you know, they're not just there to, um, to, to shock. Um, they're all, they're all sort of things that we've, we've felt or discussed at some point. So it's, it's not disingenuous, but, um, yeah, we, we really yeah. relish that stuff. How did you prepare the toilet scene, Billy? How did you, what preparation did you do? <laughs> well, as a sufferer of IBS among, anyway, <laughs> Um, yeah, so um, I I know those um, feelings and instincts um, all too well. Um, mm -hmm. so I really love shooting that stuff. It's so funny. It's so funny to film. It's funny for everyone else. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite out there. But um, I mean, I've got to say, as somebody who, and regular listeners of the show know this, I reveal it a lot. I'm the kind of person that's mortified about buying a multi-pack of Lou Roll in the, in the supermarket. I'm that prudish when it comes to oh, this stuff. Oh, really? You I must have found COVID really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't that's get all it. anybody was buying. Or maybe you felt more comfortable during COVID buying excessive Lou Rolls. But there was nothing to be seen, was there, Billy? So all that embarrassment went away. But I was going to say, uh -huh. compliment to you both, that even I found that scene very funny. But the one thing I wanted to say was, it does feel like, um, in the last couple of years, we're getting, especially in female-driven TV shows, dramas and comedies, you know, we are getting a lot of pushing the envelope. It feels like we're getting these scenes that are so real. I mean, I'm talking about like, you know, may I destroy you in the period sex scene, obviously Fleabag. And it def I definitely feel like anyone who's a fan of those shows will definitely love I Hate Susie. Yeah, I hope so. And I think so. They feel, they feel like they are of the same family somehow. Um, and yet they're all obviously, you know, different in their own ways and unique. But I... I yeah, I was. I thought I made a story was brilliant, and I thought there were some thematic things that you know I was. I'm really interested in as well. And she's just a brilliant writer and a brilliant performer. So you know that that's an amazing show. I yeah, I think with I Hate Susie, we were kind of interested not so much in pushing the envelope. I think it's more true to say that it's just that there have been some holes in what you've been watching for the last well. To be honest, and longer in yeah. terms of who's been making art and who's been making literature. And so we've assumed for quite a long time that certain things are how things are done, but they might just be the way that mostly white, mostly men do things or perceive things or experience things, which is completely valid, but it's really, really um, overexposed comparatively. Yeah. So when you start watching stuff by someone who isn't that, or by people, you know, from different backgrounds, different genders, different races, 
you start to go, oh, it's less that an envelope's being pushed maybe, and more that just some holes in your experience of life are being filled in, in terms of representation. And that can be really funny, it can be really upsetting, it can be really horrible, it could be any of those things. Billy, um, one of the things I loved was the, because um, your character is um, a sci-fi television star, Mm. And I, I wonder how much of the scene where you go to the sci-fi convention is, is documentary based on your um, Doctor Who days. Thank God, none of it, um, <laughs> except that I've been to a convention. Um, I've never had that experience. It's always been um, quite a nice day out. Um, so um, thankfully, uh, you, I mean, it was fun to act, um, but yeah, it's, uh, God, I mean, it, it would be a painful real life experience. We also <laughs> shot that actually at Comic-Con though, didn't we, Bill? Like we did go to a proper convention to shoot. We had our own, Q, our, our own Q&A set up within a London Comic-Con with an audience um, and uh, uh, a host. Uh, yeah, it was, it was brilliant. And how does it work? Obviously, you both co-created this show. What was your what, what is your kind of working dynamic like as a sort of duo when you came to, to sort of putting it this together? How long did it take? I mean, how long ago did you start sort of seeding the actual germ of the idea? And then how long did it take to get to this point? Lucy, is it four four years in the making? Yeah, I think so. I think I think the very first conversations we had, as in when we were just chatting about it theoretically and doing a show was probably four and a half years ago, four, yeah. And then, and then it took quite a while and then we started to come up with stuff more properly. Um, and then what we, what we did, were, which I think was the most important bit, was we went into a room together and you know, rented an office space basically to come up with and create ideas, put loads of stuff up on walls, characters, storyline possibilities. And, and from that point, then it was, it was, it was sort of only a, a year and a half. But before that, I, I did a lot of drafts. Bill, that first episode, must I must have done 30 drafts of that first episode. It changed so much, didn't it, in the beginning? Yeah, and I, and I think it's worth saying that before we even, um, uh, before we even continue, well, I, I, the show was something very different before you came up with the idea of, the hack. Um, be before the hack, it was really a, a, a more of a sort of friendship story about women in their late twenties, early thirties, and and the rude awakening that that brings. Um, but that didn't sit quite right, and Lucy was looking for a sort of bigger theme to have those same discussions, and uh, but um, but something just something bigger, really. And that's how you like to work, isn't it, Lucy? Yeah, I just, I like a really big idea. I like big political themes um, and, you know, massive action. And so I, I needed I need to find the thing to hang it off, really, which which we did when we thought about photos. But I, I also think for anyone who doesn't know, Billy and I are very good friends and have been for many years. So we did a show together on television in our early 20s called Secret Diary of a Cool Girl. We've worked in theatre together, um, did a play called The Effect. And we're sort of best mates. So this also we're not just sort of best mates. 
I'm not sure. Like, we best mates. Do you guys need a moment to just discuss and define this and figure out where it is right now? Yeah. Long post-production. I think this is the perfect moment to go into our first is it just me sort of, you know, thing to debate. Okay, yeah, good. Is it just me that, I guess, I guess the classic thing is ne never work with, you know, keep business and pleasure quite separate. So I guess, is it just me that's ever so slightly fearful of working with a friend? And obviously you two are a shining example of how it can work brilliantly. But how, was that always the case or were you more, because it's funny, but you said that because I, I know people who are now best friends, but they met together as work, as work colleagues. And I remember yeah. it's that real weird transition where you go, oh, this is my work colleague. And you go, hang on a second, I'm your friend. I'm not just your work colleague. And even Joe and I have got that because obviously we were, we are now really good friends but we started off working. Oh, together. I was going to say, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> we were work friends. And now this is just a marriage of great inconvenience for this podcast. Yeah. How is your marriage of inconvenience working, girls? Very well, by the looks of things. No, I mean, I was terrified. I was much more cautious than Billy was. I mean, that's a general rule, a uh, rule generally, really. I tend to be a bit more cautious than Billy. Billy's braver than me. And I'm, I'm, that's one of many things I love about her. She's quite inspiring in that way. Whereas I'm quite like, oh, what's going to go wrong? Let's think this through, you know? And my first reaction when we talked about it was a bit like, I'm not sure it's worth the risk of us. I mean, because- You have the classic Lucy risk assessment. Oh my God, everything <laughs> risk assessed immediately for me. Like everything from where, where I go to dinner to yeah, who I marry. It's like all risk assessment. And I was like, this, you know, this could be really damaging to our friendship, which is one of the most important things in my life. So is it worth the risk? And Billy was absolutely quite rightly immediately like, that's ridiculous, that's stupid. We know each other better than anyone else in the world. Of course we need to work together again and we need to do it now. And turns out, annoyingly as ever, she was right. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's the only annoying thing about Billy, then you're, you're sort of- Oh, no, 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 no. no. There's gotta be other things. <laughs> okay, now really chill. <laughs> What, what, what is the annoying thing about each other that you find? <laughs> um, Billy's always right, Lucy. That's basically the most... No, I'm, not all, I'm not always right. Um, I, well, yeah, it, it is annoying to have someone constantly bombard you with stats and um, reasons why we shouldn't do the thing I want to do. That's really annoying because it gets in the way of me doing what I want to do. I have these graphs, Billy, and the graphs are really well designed. Lucy, are you that person that's always checking where your nearest exit is? Are you that kind of person? Yeah, I am a bit. I am. I, I like, like that. Yeah, I yeah. like to speak nearest the door. I like to know, yeah, I like to imagine, you know, if, if a saber-toothed tiger were to suddenly appear and come into a room, I like to know where I would, yeah, escape, how, how that would happen. I mean, yeah. Can I give you Lucy's that. catchphrase? Yes, this, this totally sums Lucy up. Heads up. That's the thing. <laughs> just a heads up. Just a quick heads up. Heads, heads up, up, guys. guys. <laughs> we, might have, we might have a little bit of a difficulty coming up because, you know, there's, uh, there's issues with this, that or the other. 
just like it's really a combination of negativity. What I'm going to say <laughs> is bad, right? But I'm going to start in quite a sort of just friendly way, in quite a sort of like under the radar way, like heads up, guys. Um, everyone's fired. Okay, <laughs> but dating that's quite amazing because all of that is so at odds with my caricature of a really creative person, and you clearly are a really creative person. You see, that's really interesting to me. I remember mm. I had an epiphany the moment. Um, have you ever read Tina Fey's autobiography? Oh God, it's my life mantra. Yeah. I absolutely, it changed everything for me when I read yeah. it. I had spent my whole life thinking the same thing, thinking, well, therefore I'm not an artist, I'm not a creative person because I'm cautious and I'm anxious by nature. And, and actually, truthfully, that thing of basically you have to sort of do an eight ball and stay up till 4 a.m. in order to be creative, which is, again, a faintly masculine idea or sort of Saturday Night Live idea of what it is to be funny or what it is to be creative is a very particular model. It's a model of somebody who doesn't really want to take responsibility and dies when they're about 50. And I, when I read Tina Faithful, I was like, that's the kind of creative I am, you know? There's this great line in it where she says, that, you know, she's the best in the world at turning a piece of good news into bad news the quickest, you know, <laughs> you know, in terms of in the shortest amount of time. Yeah. And I am, I am a mistress of that. Like nobody can do that faster than me. But my, my, my motto that I've stolen from Tina Fey is say yes and you'll figure it out afterwards. Uh, yeah, and which, which sounds like much more like you, Billy. My life. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it works really well, and sometimes it's an absolute disaster. <laughs> I would, I wouldn't say. I think that's, um, it's that's such a myth that creative people aren't neurotic or highly strung or anxious. I, I don't know a single creative person who isn't really quite highly anxious and also massively controlling. Um, also, I don't believe at all that you can create good work or really any work when you're completely wrecked. I think that's also another myth. Yeah, um, I I think there is a lot of evidence that suggests otherwise. And my boyfriend, who's a musician, completely agrees with that. It's like, it's just it's complete nonsense that you can write, um, you know, a, 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 a beautiful piece of work and and be completely hammered for it. You may be able to do that once, but you certainly couldn't have a, a lifelong career of that behaviour. That's such depressing news. I know, it's really boring. <laughs> I think it might be tied to our idea of being a bit of a genius. Like I think people don't I think people don't talk about how hard they work and how neurotic they are about you know, number of drafts and working really hard because it doesn't feel cool and it doesn't feel creative in the same way as, you know, I wrote an amazing, you know, song overnight um when I was drunk. Like that makes it seem like you're a bit of a genius. Whereas if you work really, really hard at something that sort of value less culturally and it shouldn't be. Yeah. But going back to the theme of like working with friends, how do you navigate um, critiquing each other? Mm. Well, I, I don't really ever feel the urge to critique Lucy's work. I know that she knows how she wants to get, I know she's very sort of, um, clear about how she wants to get somewhere and if it's not there immediately she'll work it out obviously i'll have some you know suggestions and stuff but um i i don't ever have this desire to critique her work um sometimes i've 
not crit- well maybe criticize the way she's delivered some news or um <laughs> just you know um heads up yeah <laughs> heads up stuff or if something's come out in a way that i know to be impassioned or, or and i've learned that even more during the process of making our show um but it, that it can be received differently so maybe <laughs> i've maybe i've mentioned that a few times god you're yeah. such a diplomat i was going to say billy yeah. should be a politician that was so beautifully yeah. put I mean, yeah, what she means is <laughs> come over to me and she's like, you know what? That is presenting as anger. Like what you're, you're expressing is presenting massively as anger. You are upsetting people. And then I'm like, <laughs> you're like oh yeah. And you're like, brilliant job done. I wanted yeah, to present. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I also think it's worth saying, or I, I can say myself, I, Lucy, you, you can choose to speak about this, although I've kind of exposed you now anyway. We've done, I've done a fair bit of um, therapy and I think that's really helped um, every aspect of my life. But um, in most recent months, um, my professional life, it's been wildly effective um, and has really helped um, yeah, my relationships with people on, 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 on set and just, just generally, you know, I think, I think I've done a bit of work on myself in that respect. And, yeah. and just being able to express yourself sort of like well, clearly. Just working and- out, working out, I mean, working out what is my issue and what, what, what is somebody else's issue and just letting that sit a bit, you know, um, instead of, you know, I'm, I haven't mastered it by, uh, by any means, but I, I'm, I'm certainly learning how to be more that way. And, and it's really quite effective. Hmm. Yeah. And also, you know, I think if you have real respect for the other person's talent, like proper respect, not just that you say it, but that you think they're really good at what they do, which I do in terms of Billy, then it's not so much criticizing when you're working with them. It's actually just using the language that you both understand. Cause there's no question mm. to me that Billy's probably, I would say the best actor I've ever worked with. Right. That's so nice. It's, oh, well, <laughs> it's <laughs> writer. Oh, that ever lived ever. You know, I, I mean, I don't want to sound like just, you know, yeah, you're just I'm not the only the person that says it. Just listen to us. But are you, are you, are you good at taking compliments? Because I just think your performance in this is incredible. It's so, I don't know where that, where you access that unhinged persona in such, in such a watchable way. It's incredible. You're not here a bit about therapy, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was going to say, I certainly know unhinged. Or I mean, really, I was, well. you, did it, was there an element of catharsis in this show? Because it feels like there are some elements, I guess, you know, you were obviously somebody who found fame very young and obviously as does this character. Did you manage to sort of, you know, channel a little bit of autogra- autobiographical bits here and there into the I mean, obviously the, uh, the photo shoot scene really struck a chord with me because obviously- I'm sure it did, yeah. I've been on Not those- Not with photo me. Shoots. <laughs> 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 We've all been on those photo shoots where, you know, people are trying to cajole the talent into doing things they really don't want to do. And I said, you've harnessed that look in that talent's eyes so perfectly in that episode where you're trying to be a real people pleaser, but at the same time, you're screaming internally that you don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Look, I, I certainly know the, those feelings and yeah, I've experienced quite a, a bit of that energy on m- multiple sets, but I'm, I'm, I would like to say that I'm, and I'm really glad to say that um, 
that there are so many things in that show that I really hope people don't think is bi or autobiographical because it is <laughs> beyond. Um, yeah, it's 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 way bigger than what I I have um, dealt with myself. Um, so, but yeah, I would say that our experiences are as as and our female uh, our, our feelings as women are, are are informing a lot of the emotion within the show. And I think definitely looking at you guys today, you you clearly are a testament to how you can work with friends and very successfully. So I think we've more or less answered. It's not, it's a perfectly great thing to do to work with your mates. But do you also think, I think the creative world lends itself better to having friends work together? I just wondered if that was, because I, I wonder if, because in the creative industry, it's a lot about generating ideas. And often I think you bounce off people you've got a natural chemistry with. Oh yeah. If you were like in business for somebody in a more traditional way, maybe that's when it becomes more complex. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I, I have to say, I, I think if you find, if you have friends in this industry who you really respect creatively and also you get along with, I, I would kind of want to work with them and for them um, on anything forever because um, sometimes it's, it's, well, it's, it's very, very different. And you sort of start to understand why a director casts the same actors with and keeps his producer and his casting director because when that starts to work, that makes the work um, a completely different experience. And it's so much fun working with your mates. This has, the, this has got to be just, you know, one phase of a, of a longevity partnership, right? You, yeah. you guys are you're power the, partners. You're the Amy Poehler to Lucy's Tina Fey. Oh, what about that, Luce? Yeah, I like <laughs> that. No, nobody yeah. really loses out there, do they? Nobody uh, On a yeah. poster for the show. You're welcome to have that as the poster quote, if you like. No, I think they're going to define their own <laughs> Piper and Preble yeah. era. Yeah. <laughs> like all other yeah. women. Shows. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's it's that's an amazingly flattering comparison. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's lovely. I think I've noticed a lot in comedy though that thing of working, you know, with friends because also the other thing when you're creating something is you need to feel safe. Actually, if you say something that's really really stupid or even like offensive on some level, that you're around somebody who's going to go, yeah, not that, but maybe this, you know. And sometimes friendship is a very good way of having that safety. The downside of that is that you can sometimes see people working with their friends and only their friends and actually things becoming quite cliquey and there are ways in which this industry sometimes doesn't welcome people who aren't traditionally from inside it and I think that does need to change. So I think it's, mm. you know, six of one half dozen of the other. Just a heads up to watch out for that. Yeah. <laughs> While we move on to <laughs> the next See, I brought it down, Billy. Really. See, I brought it down. Oh, God. <laughs> I want to move on to one of the other overarching themes of the um, of I Hate Susie is, is it just me? And I wonder if it's just because I think looking around this Zoom, I think I am the oldest lady here, the oldest person here. Um, is, it just, is it just me and my generation that I would rather die than take a naked selfie? It's just something I've never, ever done. It's something that's never occurred to me to do. Does that just make me the saddest human alive? Or is that normal for someone my age? Because I feel like it's so not normal for anyone under 30 not to do that anymore. Well, oh, I mean, so you've never taken, I mean, there's taking one and sending it. Or there's just taking one. Are you saying you've never even taken one? No, 
Well, I, I think it's probably quite too. healthy. I think that's probably quite a healthy react, a, a healthy or, choice. Or that you know, I don't like looking at it. So why would I have it on my phone to reference for a future date? Why would I do that? Fair enough. <laughs> Lucy, have you taken naked pictures of yourself? Of course, I've taken naked pictures of myself. <laughs> See, this is like, I need I need the the empowered, liberating female speech on this. Tell me. Oh, no, I've taken. Yeah, go on, Lucy. No, you start. This is this is your area. Go on. <laughs> not my area at all. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I, I, I mean, what is annoying to me is the way in which I've aged at at the same rate that camera um, uh, quality has gone up. Isn't so that the worst? It's really yeah. irritating to me because early pictures, because I was an early adopter, obviously like flip phone, you would take a picture of yourself and you would basically hardly see anything. It would be like blocky sort of, oh, is that a, is that a nipple? Is that this, that, the other? It'd be quite exciting. And you would have sort of, you'd be holding it up, try and get it the right way up. Now, like a magic eye picture. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Try and make out the nakedness here. Yeah. And now, as I'm getting older, and maybe think, you know, it's less, you know, there, there are ways in which there are things that are slightly less flattering going on. And the, um, and the cameras are just pinpoint accuracy, just show absolutely everything. And I'm, yeah, I'm not happy about it. It may be time to retire that. But with pinpoint accuracy and sharpness, there's also an amazing array of filters, I guess. Good points. That's absolutely right. But that has its downside as well, because then when you're in person, you're nothing but a disappointment. And I think that's <laughs> been the reality. You know, you don't want to be the person who turns up and is like, right, you're going to have to squint, mate, because yeah. it's not. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's true of the iPhone uh, I, uh, anyway. I don't think, I think the, I think the smartphones, um, I, I, they're not they're not true to life at all even in in a even in a photo uh, of your face um as a, as a as a selfie or i i i find it to be very misleading and also there's nothing worse because i think the, the sexy selfies basically come from modern dating right it's just the way people now seem to work it's all part and parcel of you know you're dating in the modern world and i guess you know joe you've been too happily married to ross for too long to have to be out in the too jungle. happily married yeah you should be a laura gets it there you yeah. be so happily married yeah. for such a long time but you know but you're not out there in the jungle of dating where people are saying send me a sexy Somebody sent me, and I don't know who this person is or what their deal is, someone sent me on Instagram the other day a big picture of their erection. <laughs> and I didn't really know, what was I supposed to do with that? What do you think, what, what do you think is the, what, what do you think was the goal with that? That's very aggressive. That's yeah. not good. I've taken pictures of myself, um, naked pictures of myself, um, but I sort of do it as a check-in for me. I, right. don't, I, I sort of go, how am I looking? You still exist. Yes, I still. Exist. How am I looking? <laughs> what do I look like now? So I do it as as sort of sort of um, yeah, like a just a just a sort of check in with myself. But, um, but the I, premise I would of never send one. Yeah, no, because that's way a bit too risky. The premise of the show, I hate Susie, is you, you know that to me is is the one of the biggest modern nightmares to befall anybody. Is that, is that public attempt at humiliating someone in that way? And I suppose I, that's what I'd be always afraid of. Yeah, look, on a, on a more serious note, it can get really, really um, ugly and very sad and, yeah. and very exposing for people and older people and younger people. And it's happening 
it's happening more and more and is is actually it's it's a it's it's abusive yeah yeah and it is and, it, and there are laws that are you know supposed to protect people but then rarely enforced i don't know what we've concluded there except that i am the oldest person here <laughs> 
Yeah. Like my mum's used a stiff key blue over lockdown as well. <laughs> and she's done the same thing as you. Well, because we're all painting everything the same colour now. We're not doing skirtings white and yeah. the walls, the colour. And it's now crazy back, to me. Back, Look. Back of the door, Billy, back of the door. And the ceiling? No, not quite. I didn't go that far. Well, that's because it's not an Billy. Yeah. But, no, no, it's a top decorating tip though. If you do that, it makes the whole room look bigger, believe it or not, because it makes the, the walls look taller. Because if, if you paint the skating, the skirting boards white and the doors white and the radiators white, it kind of breaks it all up. This, this colour on my wall, this um, Kelly Hoppen um, aubergine is very 2005. Because as my husband always points out, if I was left to my own devices, I would still have my students start a pine furniture. <laughs> very little interest in, in the graft um associated with decorating what about you lucy i could not agree more i'm the other end i'm afraid you're totally alone i have no interest whatsoever i could <laughs> i i could live in a completely undecorated space and not notice very very quickly and then have like oh my god i haven't even got any paintings up like I, my ideal situation is to move into somewhere that someone else is completely and utterly decorated i have no control or choice over any of it i and then I move somewhere else at a later point. <laughs> Lucy, Lucy yeah. can I just say, that's one hell of a games room setup you've got going on yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> pool, pool, pool table. Pool not table even in my own house. Yeah, I'm not even in my own house. This is somebody <laughs> else's house. The extent is broken into someone's house. Is I'm in someone else's house right now. Like, I've got no interest in it. I love the way that it looks like you've got this sick game set up and that you're like into all of those food all of games. But she is a hardcore gamer, as in she... Oh yeah, virtual environment. Virtual. I have spent so much time and money perfecting my apartment in Grand Theft Auto. That, <laughs> is, that is level 10. But I'm sat there buying expensive sculpture for that in a hovel, basically. That is the experience of my life. <laughs> That's, That's impressive. I think it weirdly has, for me, it has a weird, like there's something about a mundane activity that's quite therapeutic. Oh, you know, yeah. just being able to easily switch off and just forget what else is going on. That's how, I think that's what it is for me. And also- I think you're, I mean, James lives in isolation. I mean, I think he's doing sort of like lockdown solo activities all wrong, but then that's perhaps for another podcast. <laughs> what are you trying to say there, Joe? Nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> But you know, yeah, but your house is absolutely gorgeous. It's probably the nicest house I know. But, yeah. By the way, de decora decorating is not a euphemism for anything else, by the way, for anyone that's I was going to say, wow. <laughs> um, well, girls, I just wanted to say, I mean, I'm actually quite frustrated. I'm sure Joe shares this. We've seen, thank you very much for sharing the first two episodes of I Hate Susie, but I'm now literally gagging to know where it's going to go. It's really Honestly, it, it, it's definitely everybody's new crack TV moment. It's really, it really, congratulations. It's so brilliantly toes the line between tense and hilarious. It's brilliant. It really oh, thank you. Guys. That means a great deal. Thank you. Thank oh. you. And thanks so much for joining us and good luck with the show. Not that you need it. I think it's going to be a huge success. So it starts on Sky Atlantic, August, the end of August, is that right? 27. 27. Also on now TV. That's important to say. Can they, can they That's watch? important, everybody. Now TV. Yeah. <laughs> well, because some people don't have Sky, do they? So it's... Um, it's what? Important. Clutching my pearls right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, but yeah, it's, you're in for a treat, everyone. Do check it out. So that's August 27th on Now and Sky Atlantic. Um, ladies, thank you so much for joining us. It's so lovely to see you both. And Billy, I just want you to let you know, I still dine out on you. When people say to you, tell us one, two truths and one lie. And I always throw in, I went to Billy Piper's 16th, 17th and 18th birthday parties. Oh and they always God. think it's a lie. It's Did, you <laughs> Did you go, Billy? Uh, in body, but not in mind. Yeah. <laughs> poor, poor, poor Billy was made to by the record company because they turned her, poor, her birthdays into a promo activity. Oh, it's too tragic. Oh, I can't Bill, mate. Yeah. We have to talk about this as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my 21st was not um, a not promotional. A it was not a promotional event. Yeah. Yeah. I, could get, I could get invited to the 21st. How dare you? <laughs> well, it was really good. It was at the Groucho. Um, and it was just full of my friends. Not oh, saying I, you're not welcome, James. Oh, that's James. weird. That's right, so we need, weird. We, now. we need to end this right now. <laughs> I'll invite you to my 40th, which is looming. Yeah. yeah. It'll be a rock and roll party. I, I accept. Uh, no, I see. Thank you. It's lovely to see you. Lovely to meet you as well, Lucy. And like I said, good luck with the show. Bye. Thank you. Okay, guys. And thanks for listening. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.